Welcome back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. Hi, Tracy. I'm Catherine, oh, co-host. Oh, you jumped right in there. <laughs> Hi, Catherine. It's caffeine. I know we're drinking coffee, friends, so prepare yourselves. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Welcome aboard to episode number 123. We are chugging along with our episodes, and today's topic is a fun one. What is it, Catherine? colonoscopy doesn't everybody love ready, to talk everybody. about that because it's coming i know up next hemorrhoids yeah. gosh <laughs> that I is know. not on our list no it's not but it should be because everybody has them all right <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact let's uh let's just go over our kind of a, a rundown real quickly of who we are and what we're doing in case somebody's listening for the very first time so just tell them what we do on this podcast. <laughs> you want to do it? You want me I'll to do it? it. Okay, I'll do go it. for it. Well, we are two besties. You are, as you said, a comedian, clean comedian. Mm -hmm. And when the pandemic was, you know, happening, your manager said, you need to do a podcast. And, and you I dragged said, me along okay. with it. And yes, I was like, I okay, right. Because I, I know like, you I'm not going to talk by myself. Well, you could totally do it. But anyway, so here we are. And we are... <laughs> We're having a good time. We're having a good time. I just crossed bringing, my eyes and made her laugh. Yes, that's exactly what she mm -hmm. did. And we're just bringing topics to our audiences and hoping that we have a big audience, tens and tens. <laughs> tens. We do. We have and more than that. Hundreds and hundreds. We do, actually. We actually have over 12,000 downloads now. I know. Yeah. That's. I think that's pretty but good. But like we're sitting here and it's just us. It never, you know, it doesn't feel... Like, we don't know, other know. than when, yeah, we look at the Our stats. stats, yeah. No, we've got a big audience. Yeah. Shut up, Catherine. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> anyway, and we try to bring topics that are relatable. We to do. To women mostly our age. That's right. And mm -hmm. today's topic is definitely relatable because everybody has a colon. Well, this is true. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a colon. And they need to be checked. Uh, we have sponsors. So talk about our sponsors a little bit. Uh, you know what I was thinking about today? What? I was like, you know, I am so grateful for our sponsors. Oh, me our too. Our sponsors are awesome. And they help support us by um, helping us with, like, achieve our goals in terms of, like, equipment and things like that. And, and to carry out the mission. And the mission, the ultimate mission of the podcast is to encourage and inspire our audiences. The listening audience. Yes. So, and yeah. and to point them to the Lord at the end. At the end of every podcast, we always have some sort of spiritual inspiration. Mm -hmm. And that's really the goal, is to take these topics and talk about them. But then in the end, do what we do as believers, and that is point people to faith. Exactly. It's a wonderful thing. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. And it's easy if you want to become a sponsor. It's very easy. Actually, if you get Tracy's emails, you can, there's a button on there. You can click on that. It'll mm -hmm. take you right to it. And it's a simple step. Yeah, it's on Patreon, which is a very popular um, uh, website for this type of sponsorship. And it's included in all the show notes of the podcast, so you mm -hmm. can look there for it. You can also go to my website and get it there, tracydegraff.com, oh, yeah. right. or you can get it through the email, which also go comes through my website, tracydegraff.com. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a brand new sponsor. I know. Hi, it, Colleen. It, it is our friend Colleen Bruns, and we welcome her aboard. Yeah, so exciting. Thank you, Colleen. Yeah, we um, we prayed before this episode, and, and Catherine gave a prayer of thanks to God that, that Colleen is our new sponsor. And 
we both kind of said that we didn't know she was listening. So we're excited that, you know, she's listening. And you know what? I have a feeling there's somebody listening to my voice right now who wants to sponsor us. Well, yeah. You know, you know who you are. Yeah. Like they, they go, I, I should do that. Yeah. And they I just, want my name mentioned. You know what it is? It's the procrastination. We got to get oh. to that. We have got to get to that topic. Well, isn't it on our list? Yeah. But we keep saying it's next week, next week. Yeah. We are going to get to it, friends. But if you have been nudged by your inner self or the Holy Spirit or whatever nudges you, if you have been nudged by the thought of, I really should sponsor this podcast because I believe that these gals are doing a good service and I love love listening. Mm-hmm. Like if you look forward to our next episode, you know, or if you're all caught up and you, you there's nothing to listen to, you're like, dang, I wish there was more. Yeah. Yeah. Then you should be a sponsor. And it's only $5 a month. And you only have to set it up one time, and then it just keeps on going. That's true. You don't even remember you did it. No, no. I mean, we'll (laughs) remind you because we'll say thank you. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, you're not going to miss $5 a month. It's roughly 60 bucks in a year. And, you know, that's nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, thank you to Colleen, Ursula, Nancy, Kenny, Karen, Janine, Ron, Darlene, Courtney, Joan, and Gail, and uh, Carla. Yes. Because there were two sponsors who didn't want to do the $5 recurring Mm -hmm. amount, so they just sent us a check. So if that's you. Speaking of, yeah, our friend Linda. Yeah, come on, Linda. Get that check. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you would like to sponsor us in that way, you are more than welcome welcome to give us your money. All right. Um, We'll be good stewards of it, we promise. All right. Let's talk about colon cancer. We've got a couple of takeaways. So so friends, do not tune out just because we're talking about the dark (laughs) places. We're going to go deep and dark. (laughs) What What happened? I pulled up the wrong thing. It's okay. No fear. Okay. So we've got a couple takeaways. We're going to do a quiz. Catherine has found a quiz online and she's going to quiz me about my colon, I guess. (laughs) That's going to be fun. And then uh, we're going to talk about causes of colon cancer, risk factors, and also prevention. And then options. I like the fact that there are some. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're going to talk about options for screening. Okay. Um, And then as usual, we do have an inspirational quote and uh, scripture to close with and a call to action. All right. So you got your little quiz there? All right. I've got this colorectal cancer uh, quiz. And who put this out? It's by the American Cancer Society. Mm -hmm. All right. You ready? I am ready. All right. True or false? Mm -hmm. And I I struggle with how to pronounce the word. Colorectal cancer can often be prevented. True or false? That's true. Absolutely true. Okay. Yes, that's right. Why did you go, eh? I don't that know why sounded, I did that. That sounded <laughs> like like you got it wrong. And I'm like, I know well, I got it I right. I clicked on it and I made, I had to make a sound in my head. I don't know why I did it. Okay, but it's true okay. that colorectal cancer can be prevented, friends. That's right. It can right. be prevented. Regular Colorectal cancer screening is one of the most powerful tools for preventing colorectal cancer. Screening is the process of looking for cancer or precancer in people who have no symptoms of the disease. Okay. Now, re- now think about this for one second, friends, if you're listening. Um, it can be prevented, meaning not just discovered and then treated, but prevented mm-hmm. before it's even started. That's the whole thing with these screenings is is they go in there and they look for pre 
cancer situations. Yeah. In fact, um, I'll just read what what pops up. That's good. Regular screening can help prevent colorectal cancer by finding abnormal colon growths called polyps so they can be removed before they have a chance to turn into cancer. Don't you just love that? Of Yes. I love that there is that kind of technology. And I told you this yesterday about AI with with colonoscopy. Yeah. That was this morning. Okay. So AI Mm -hmm. is artificial intelligence, as we know. And we've heard like these scary things about it. Like, oh my gosh, they're going to take over the world and we're going to be killing each other and whatever. Well, that's just a bunch of bunk. Listen to this, friends. You've heard of facial recognition software, right? right? So on Facebook, they can kind of recognize who's in your picture and so forth. Mm -hmm. Same type of thing in the camera of the little tool that goes in up your bum (laughs) and looks for lesions and polyps. Yeah. Same thing. So what they did was they took this facial recognition software and they applied it to this application of doing a colonoscopy and they loaded like many, many images, like thousands and thousands of images of polyps and lesions that lead to colon cancer and told the computer, when you see this, beep. Yeah. And when you were telling me that, I was like, well, what is the advantage of using that instead of, the, uh, you know, the way it's been done in the past, what, decade or no, whatever? No, it's not instead of. It, right. And that's when you explain that. Right. It's, it's in, in addition. addition. Mm-hmm. So if you're the doctor, or let's say I'm the doctor, because let's just pretend for a minute that okay. I'm super smart and I went to school and I graduated and all of that. Now I'm a... <laughs> I'm Dr. A, T. Yeah, I'm Dr. T. <laughs> And I'm in your butt. I'm so far up your butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm looking around with my two eyes, uh-huh. right? And I'm scanning right and I'm scanning left and I'm looking for lesions and polyps. Well, guess what? I'm a human being. So there's error, right? Yeah. So this technology is like a safety net that just keeps scanning with me. So it's in the camera and I'm looking with my own eyes, but the technology is just scanning for these images that look like polyps and lesions. Mm-hmm. And when it finds what they what it thinks is a polyp or lesion, it goes beep, 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 beep. Yeah. And then the expert, the doctor, has to take their little two little doctor eyes and go look at it. Yeah. So it's it's wonderful. Well, thank goodness that it's both because just like the the cars that drive themselves, those kinds of things scare me. I don't like to rely on just machines at all. Well, I don't even no, like self-checkouts. But stuff. it's nice to have the extra layer, like even the backup cameras that we have on our cars now. Mm-hmm. For how many decades did we not have that? Yeah. And what did we do? We looked. That's right. <laughs> Behind us. Are there any kids? <laughs> no. But now you have the benefit of the backup camera and you can also look. Yeah. Okay. Very All good. Right. What's your, we're going to take okay. a while to get through this quiz. What's the next question? <laughs> Colorectal cancer isn't a big problem in the U.S. Oh, True no. or false? Oh, that is false. It's a that huge problem. Is false. Colorectal cancer is the third most common cancer diagnosed in the United States, excluding skin cancers. Uh, so that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Next one. I only need to get tested for col- colorectal cancer if something seems wrong. False. False. 
it's important to get screened for collect oh, I hate this word colorectal cancer even if you feel okay testing before you feel bad can help prevent the disease or find it early when it's easier to treat that's that's another thing about colon cancer and uh, and its characteristics mm-hmm. it hides out in those dark places of your body okay mm-hmm. with no symptoms there's yeah. no pain there's no blood there's no change until there there is and then when there by the time there is it's already advanced right and i'm gonna read this here just so our listeners can be fully educated yeah um most people with early colorectal cancer they they don't have symptoms just like we were saying but if you have any of the following see a healthcare provider a change in your bowel ha- habits, such as diarrhea, constipation, narrowing of the stool that lasts for more than a few days. A feeling that you need to have a bowel movement that's not relieved by doing so. Uh, rectal bleeding, dark stools, or blood in the stool. Cramping or belly pain. Weakness and extreme tiredness that doesn't get better with rest. Unexplained weight loss. And it says here that most of these symptoms are more often caused by other conditions such as infections, hemorrhoids, irritable bowel syndrome, inflammatory bowel disease, not collectoral cancer. So don't panic if you have any right. of these symptoms. But still, if you have those problems, just you know, go seek out your doctor. Yeah, and like she said, if you don't have those problems and you are of the age that it's time for you to get your screening... Just get your screening because even though you don't feel any problems, you don't feel any symptoms, you might feel fit as a fiddle, Mm -hmm. but you want to go and get these things checked out to make sure that you can deal with them ahead of time. Yes. All right. What's the next question? All right. Next one is lifestyle choices like alcohol use, exercise, and smoking have an impact on collectoral cancer risk. True. Absolutely true. 100%. Yes. Collectoral cancer has been linked to the use of alcohol. It is best not to drink alcohol. If people do drink, they should have no more than two drinks a day for men and one drink a day for women. It's always that way. Yeah, they (laughs) say. So unfair. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) If you are not physically active. Okay. All right. Most people should start colorectal screening at age 45. True. That is true. Mm-hmm. It used to be 50, friends, and now it's 45. And mm-hmm. guess why? It's 45 because they found a lot of people were getting cancer between the ages of 45 and 50. Mm-hmm. So now it's time to get that screening at 45 instead of 50. Yeah. But if you have, if you're at high risk based on family history or other factors, you should do it before 45. Also, interesting, people older than 75 mm-hmm. should talk to their health care provider about whether continuing screening is right for them. That's because um, I didn't know this until I started, was in my 50s, so I, I, I am sorry that I was so ignorant about it, but I just assumed that you needed a colonoscopy every year. And I think the reason why I assumed that was because I get a mammogram every year. Mm. And I just thought cancer screening, okay, once you start getting them, you have to get them every year. But that's not true with a colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. You only need it about every 10 years. It might be a little bit closer, like it might be every eight years or every five years if you have some symptoms or if they find polyps. 
But that's why colon cancer is a much easier cancer to deal with than some others because it's very slow growing. Mm -hmm. So if you're 75 or 80 or whatever and you don't have any history of colon cancer and you've had a colonoscopy, you may not need to get another one. Yeah. Because it's a slow growing situation. Yeah. So you have to have a really good chance of living another 10 years, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's just the fact of life. I know. Sorry, but it does all come to an end. Okay. Okay. Let's move on. Col- <laughs> Go ahead. Colonoscopy is the only test used to screen for collect oh, collectoral colorectal. There we go. That's I can it. say it. Yes. I just I don't know. I see it and I want to collectoral enunciate every single whatever that's a cancer in people who have no symptoms of it. Wait, what was the question? <laughs> I knew. I knew it. <laughs> Colonoscopy is the only test used to screen for colorectal cancer in people who have no symptoms of it. False. False. That is false. The correct answer is false. Fake news. It's fake news. That is right. There are many tests that can look for colorectal cancer. Yes. Screening can be done either with a sensitive test that looks for signs of cancer in a person's stool, a stool-based test. Right. Poop in a box. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> or with an exam that looks at the colon and rectum, a visual exam. Yeah, and mm. we're going to go over some options in just a second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that it? That is it. Now we could get your score. Your score is six out of six, oh, Tracy. That's 100% in my you book. You have a strong understanding of colorectal cancer. I could have been a doctor. Congratulations. Dr. T. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my office. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's going to be dark in there, but I got a light, <laughs> so it's okay. Oh, my gosh. All right. No. Let's, let's talk about causes. Let's talk causes about causes. and risk factors and prevention. Yeah. That's okay. what we said we were going to talk about. Yes. What causes colon, colon cancer, Catherine? They don't really know, actually, for sure. It's 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 fuzzy stuff. Mm. So, but... Fudgy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Go ahead. It's fudgy. It's fudgy. <laughs> um... But they, we do know this though. We do, we know the risk factors. So the smoking, um, and a, by the way, too, a lot of this is preventative stuff. Things that you can control, uh, but in things that you can't control is family history, your age, those kinds of things. But one of the first thing that comes up for colorectal cancer is being overweight or obese. Your risk of developing and dying from, from colorectal cancer is higher. Being overweight raises the risk of colon and rectal cancer in people, but the link seems to be stronger in men than it is for women when, when they're overweight. overweight. Right. But just know that, you know, getting and staying at a healthy weight is best overall anyway. Yeah. And so. diet really does make a big difference. We've learned a lot mm-hmm. about that, about fresh, whole fruits, vegetables, whole healthy grains. Mm-hmm. Um, My mom always used to say when we were growing up, roughage. Just yeah. have roughage all the time. Well, you need to have things that your body can identify. Mm-hmm. The human body... Uh, God made the body in such an amazing way. And we're cellular from head to toe. There's cells. And so when you when you put things into your body that has nowhere for the cells to put it or they don't know what to do with it, they just store it. 
you know, somewhere. Mm -hmm. And there are carcinogens that are in a lot of chemicals that are ingested Mm -hmm. in processed food. Yeah. And, you know, just like back in the in the 50s and in the 40s and the 30s, you know, um, tobacco use was encouraged. Yeah. Here, this would be a way for you to relax it in the evening. Yeah. Your doctor says That's it's right. okay. And then they realized, oh, wait, there's a carcinogen called nicotine yeah. that creates lung cancer in people. And so a healthy diet and a healthy weight, and I, I mean, I say that, but yeah, I'm overweight, but I'm working on it. I'm oh, working yeah. on it. Yeah. Well, awareness is the first step. It is. And efforts is the second step. Yeah. That's all good. Right. Become aware of it and then do what you can. Yeah. Okay. Another risk factor is not being physically active. So if you are physically active, you have, um, you know, you you can at least uh, do your best to prevent against it. I mean, it's at least one step toward preventative measures. Not only that, but a healthy diet and exercise, those two things help so many things in our life, in our health. Mm -hmm. They help our mood. They help our our weight. They help our our bones. Yeah. It helps our joints, you know, to keep everything moving. If you sit around all day, every day, trust me, you're going to be at the physical therapist. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. Yeah. 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 Anything from moderate to vigorous physical activity is going to be really good for you yeah okay certain types of diets uh a diet that's high in red meats such as beef pork i didn't realize pork was considered a red meat but it's categorized here pigs are pink so maybe it's a pink meat (laughs) i don't think it's as healthy as fish let's put it that way yeah and it's probably not as bad as beef the advertising they always say pork the other white meat. Yeah, but those are the pig farmers, I, Catherine. I know, I know. There's like buy my pig farm stuff. I, I know, but still, it just there. I don't think pigs are very healthy. Look what they eat. They mm. eat anything. They eat mm-hmm. slop and roll around in mud. <laughs> but bacon is delicious, so that's the problem. And ham. Oh yeah. And ribs. Yeah, and when you think about the amount of salt that's in all that, when it's all been, you know, well, especially the bacon and yeah. ham. And the ham, yes, yeah. yeah. Well, right, I was on the. Let's move on. <laughs> okay, but also processed meats too, right? Like Hot salami, dogs, lunch meat, certain lunch meats. Yeah, yes, they will raise your risk. Okay, and this is interesting: cooking meats at very high temperatures, like frying, broiling, or grilling, creates chemicals that might raise your cancer risk. Now it says might; they don't know for sure. It's not clear how much this might increase your colorectal cancer risk i've heard that about like burnt hot dogs and stuff that's not healthy to eat that burnt stuff i don't like um i don't like things when they're really overcooked anyway yeah or grilled to where there's like you know a crusty fire burn on there i don't like it okay so uh, back to what we were saying just follow a healthy eating pattern that includes plenty of fruits vegetables and whole grains um, limit or avoid red and processed meats and sugary drinks. Oops. <laughs> probably. Pr- and then again, it says probably lowers your risk. Do you know what they told me after my cancer, breast cancer diagnosis, and mm-hmm. I saw the nutritionist, right? And and they said, here's the recommendation for you going forward for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You should only have beef 
six times a year. Wow. Not not a month, you know. Yeah, well, only, that does seem like a lot. Only a like one serving every other month. One burger every other month or one steak every other month. So that's how much you should, the recommendation was to limit. Wow. You don't have to get rid of it altogether, mm-hmm. but limit. That's kind of a lot. I always thought, like, I always tried to before, I mean, even when I was really young, mm-hmm. when early in our marriage, we mostly had chicken, 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 sometimes fish mm-hmm. and pork chops. But, and then it would be a treat to have a steak like twice a month. But as we got older, maybe it was a little bit more than that because burgers became, you know, more and more. Yeah. But... I've, I've always thought that having it twice a month was okay. Well, according to cancer mm. um, nutrition, yeah, that's what it is. And that includes ground beef. So you got to think yeah, about, I, know. I mean, ground beef is in a lot of different things, it you know, is. like a taco or a spaghetti sauce or mm-hmm. a meatloaf. Gosh. So it, 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 it opens your eyes. And like you just said, I love the way that you said that. You said awareness leads to action, mm-hmm. you know, so first become aware and then, okay, well, maybe you just start out with, well, I'm just going to limit my red meat to once a month. Try that. Yeah. As a beginning. Yeah. And then if you can deal with it, you know, so then you have to input with other things. So maybe you have tuna steak mm-hmm. instead. Maybe you have more chicken, like you said, mm-hmm. or try different kinds of fish. Yeah. Yum, yum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had scallops and shrimp last night. It was so good. That sounds good. I Yummy. love salmon as, a, as an alternative. I love salmon too. Mm. Okay, let's move on. All right. Uh, smoking. I, I'm not even going to read the, the paragraph on that. We all know it's smoking so bad is for not you. good. Yeah, so. try to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Don't ever start. If you've never smoked, please don't ever start. It's hard to quit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, alcohol use. Now, they say here that, oh, I already read it in the other thing, mm-hmm. but they also, they don't know for certain if this is what's contributing. Because really, if you think about it, how can they... How can they really know that if someone is an occasional drinker or even with, because when you take all the other factors, everybody eats these, you know, red meat, just about, I would say the majority of the people. And when you add all of these supposed risk factors, how do you narrow it down enough, you know? Because you're looking at which one is the dirty culprit. Yes, I think but I think that there's a general knowledge in terms of alcohol and the body, right? Mm-hmm. I, I it's it's a concentrated fermented fruit or whatever it is, and in, just in general, it's a good idea for your basic health to not have more exactly than one or two, Ex- depending on if you're a man or a woman. Right, exactly, and we all know that that it's. It's good to not drink too much, but to attribute it to a, con- you know, to have it as a contributing factor to colon cancer. Well, and who's giving us this information? American uh, Cancer, cancer Society. Society. Well, yeah. They've got like real scientists, you know, that study all yeah. that. So yeah. I think they're pretty credible. Yeah. All right. What next? Okay. Uh, some other. So the next category are risk factors you cannot change. Being older is one of them. A personal history of colorectal polyps and colorectal cancer. Also, a personal history of inflammatory bowel disease. I'm not. Even, I'm not going to read that whole thing. If you have it, it's possible that it might be a risk. 
a family history of colorectal cancer or adenarm polyps. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, if you genetically are predisposed to have this kind of a disease, obviously you can't do anything about your genes. Your yeah. genes are your genes. Yeah. But it's good to know. Ask some questions. Hey, mom, dad, did grandma and grandpa have colon cancer? Yeah. You know, and, and who knows how far back it goes because they didn't have access to all this kind of information, mm-hmm. you know, forever and ever. Yeah. And this is interesting. There's also inherited syndromes. I've heard of Lynch syndrome before, but mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. And it's actually hereditary non polyposis colon cancer. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of information on that. So racial and ethnic background, American Indian and Alaska Native people have the highest rates of colorectal cancer in the U.S., followed by African American men and women. But overall, Jews of Eastern Europe descent have one of the highest colorectal cancer risks of any ethnic group in the world. Also good to know, because if you fall within those groups, talk to your doctor about your risk factors and when you should start screening. Yeah. All the more important. Uh, Right. And here's one that made sense to me, having type 2 diabetes. Um, That's the the type that usually are non-insulin dependent. Mm -hmm. They have an increased risk as well. And then we have factors with unclear effects on uh, the cancer risks, and I can't believe this. They have night shift work. Some studies suggest working a night shift regularly might raise the risk of rectal cancer. This might be due to changes in levels of melatonin, which is a hormone that responds to changes in light. But more research is needed. You know, sleep is so important. It really is to your overall health. So, and there can also be other factors in terms of if you're working the night shift and your sleep is interrupted and whatever, you know, you're not getting the right amount of sleep. You're not getting the right amount of melatonin, light, whatever. You could also be kind of like um, not eating well, you know, because you're sort of running around, you know. I think that that's likely. Grab and go mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah. So be mindful of that, friends. Yeah. Eating from the vending machine because nothing's right. open. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Going through, you know. Yes. And la- through. Right. And lastly, previous treatment for certain cancers. Most of this uh, pertains to men. Men who have been treated for testicular cancer. What other? Ca- prostate? Oh, prostate cancer. Yeah. Yes. So in a nutshell, Mm -hmm. there's lots of different reasons that people get diagnosed with colon cancer. Yeah. And regardless of what the reason is, find out. Ask your doctor, am I at average risk for colon cancer or am I at increased risk for colon cancer? Yeah. Ask your doctor, when should I start my screenings? Age 40, age 45, you know, where am I at? Yeah, just with anything. Yeah, you can like we like we just did. We can you can find anything on you the can. internet, and I do trust this this website. It's American, American Cancer, Cancers, right? But as Tracy just said, but it's all everybody is different, and everybody has a different history. So always better to check with your doctor. And if you don't feel uh, your doctor is feeding you with 
you know, it just doesn't feel right, get another doctor. Yeah, that's the beauty of I just did that. Second opinion. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, I'm going to talk about the options for mm-hmm. screenings in just a moment. But I do want to say this because I, I already admitted that I was incorrect in my thinking that I thought you had to get a colonoscopy every year. Mm-hmm. And that's not right. So so I, I was corrected there. The other thing is I did, I, I had my very first colonoscopy. I'm 57 now, but I had my first one when I was about 52. I was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 50. Mm-hmm. And that would have been the year that I would have started getting my colonoscopies. However, I was, I was dealing with surgery for breast cancer and then radiation therapy. And I just didn't get around to it. So when, when I did get around to it, uh, doing the prep is something that I think is a buzzkill for a lot of people. Uh-huh. I think there are a lot of people out there, maybe even somebody listening to us right now, mm-hmm. who's who's saying, I'm not going to do a colonoscopy because I don't want to do the prep. Yeah. Right? Because I've heard nightmares about it or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, when, the first time that I did it, I my husband was getting his colonoscopy the week before. Yeah. And then I was the week after. So mm-hmm. he had he had done his and it went smooth as could be. Yeah. And he said he got the best sleep of his life, <laughs> you know, because he got that whatever it was, the, the anest- twilight stuff, the or anesthesia whatever. that yeah. knocks you out. Mm-hmm. Well, then the next week when I went in to get mine, to do mine, I, I was following the prep um, instructions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I took the juice, you know, and I said, I don't feel any different. I don't think it's going to work. So nothing's happening. Yeah, then all of a sudden. And he goes, he goes, just wait. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think it's going to work. Because I've never had, you know, like. Yo, that's right. I've had the other problem yes. of not really desiring to go or being able to go or whatever. <laughs> and then I'm like, this is not going to work for me. This figures, you know, uh-huh. t- drink all this stuff until yeah. I'm blue in the face. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I was like, I got to go. Oh, chica pesto. <laughs> I'll see you. I'll see you in about an hour. I hope that's not a swear word in Spanish. Oh, gosh, it probably is. It probably is. I, if it is, I don't know. I just Please. have heard it. So anyway, um, I want to say this about that with the prep. It's not as bad today in 2023 yeah. as it was Even just five a, years ago. Yeah, that's true. It's not as bad. Yeah. You, you don't have to drink as much. And it's not an explosive situation. It's done over two days, mostly now. At least the doctor that I went to for for this one that I had last year, um, they had me do an all-liquid diet the day before. Mm -hmm. So it's easier on your system. It's not like taking this violent stuff and like shoving everything out, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, And then there's not as much of it and the taste is not as bad. Oh, it's well, not as bad. I had mine before you, I think. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah well, that was awful. I just want to say, do the prep. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, follow the directions for the prep exactly. And here's why. If you cheat on the prep, They'll make you go guess back. what? The doctor's not going to be able to see That's right. what he needs to see. Right. And the idea of the colonoscopy is for them to get in there and cut out any polyps or lesions. Mm -hmm. Lesions lay flat in the colon. Yeah. And they're not easy to see. So that's why you have to have an empty colon. Yeah. You can't have any stuff in there. Yeah. You have to do it. I, my parents, both of them, oh my gosh, when it was such a nightmare, but yeah, my dad, uh, he was diabetic. He wasn't able to drink all of the stuff or whatever it was. And they got them all prepped and they get them, they get in there and then they say, we couldn't, 
we couldn't finish couldn't it, do it because yeah. he hadn't you know completed all the steps and then and then yeah. my mom had a torturous colon yeah. or a difficult colon something same similar to you right is yours tilted or what no. is it gosh Catherine, get it straight <laughs> It's like, it's, I got my dad, I had my mom. I go, come on, Tracy. All right. It's called a torturous colon yeah. or an extended colon. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have it. It's very common. You don't know you have it until you've had a colonoscopy. And basically what it means is that God blessed you with a lot of colon. Full of it. You're literally full of it. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. And because of that, you maybe can hold more than the average person because there's a lot of tubes uh-huh. in there. And in, it also can be a risk factor for colonoscopy because you have to have a surgeon or a, a gastrointestinal guy, woman, whoever, who's an expert with that. Yeah. So you don't want just the average person going in there. They have to be able to. They have to be able there. to navigate the twists and turns of an extended colon. Yeah. So go to an expert. Do you remember when we first started discussing this? I was put, it was, Kenny is 56 now. Yeah. But when he was approaching 50, I was like, Kenny, you have got to get a colonoscopy. It's it's time. And he, do you remember what he said? <laughs> I had it done. And I was like, you did not. You did not. He goes, yes, I did. And then he, like, the, the doctor said, bend over and went with his fingers. <laughs> that's not a colonoscopy. He no. literally thought that's what it was. That's funny. Well, you know, you don't know what you don't know it's, until you know. It's so well, now, now you know. he knows. Now he knows. Yeah. So funny. All right. So all that to say, the prep, you have to just follow the directions exactly and do it well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's talk about options. Yes. So there, there are options. There's the colonoscopy. The In the, in the uh, healthcare world, they call that the gold standard mm-hmm. for colon cancer screenings. Yeah. The reason that they call it the gold standard is because it's actually inside the colon. You see it, you can cut it out, so you can diagnose and perform Take a therapy care of it right and away. get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's been called a gold standard for many years now. Now it's not without risk. There's definitely risks with a with a colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. You could they could uh, puncture the bowel, and that's you know there could be bleeding. And, and you can actually die from it. Mm-hmm. So you want to go over all those risks. But just like with any healthcare decision, you weigh the risks and the benefits. Yeah. Okay. So there's a new study out. It, it came out about six months ago. I called it up here on my screen. And it's from Europe. And it's the effect of colonoscopy screenings on risks of colorectal cancer and related death. So, so that's what it is. It's, okay. it's basically saying, is colonoscopy worth it? right? That's kind of the basics of mm-hmm. this study. And what they did was they took, let me look and see how many, this was in Sweden and the Netherlands, Poland and Norway. And they, uh, it was on a tri- randomized trial on 58, men and women aged 55 to 64 years of age. Okay. Mm-hmm. There were 84,000 participants in the study. And bottom line, they came up with, it really didn't make that much of a difference. Mm. Colonoscopy really didn't affect death that much. Mm-hmm. However, the numbers were skewed a little bit mm-hmm. because what they did was they took half of the participants and they offered them a colonoscopy. Well, only 42% of the half 
said, sure, I'll get one. Mm-hmm. So that left 58% of the half yeah. going, I don't want one. Yeah. Okay. And then the other 42,000 participants didn't get a colonoscopy. Okay. Okay. And so they did the statistics on those numbers and it skewed it Yeah. in the end. Yeah. They're fuzzy numbers. They're fuzzy math, Catherine. Yeah. So you can look at things like this and you can look at headlines and I'm looking at the actual study and this came out of the New England Journal of Medicine and different, I looked at different doctors' reactions to the study. Mm-hmm. Some holistic doctors are like, see, I told you, yeah. I told you, you didn't need to get a colonoscopy. And they're mostly chiropractors, I think. And they sell supplements, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. supplements to prevent colon cancer. Yeah. But then you have other doctors who are saying, now, wait a minute, these numbers are skewed. Okay. So, so the reason I bring this up is because you're an intelligent person who's listening to me right now. You have your own brain and you have your own body and you're in charge of it. Okay. So talk to your doctor about a colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. If you're age 40, 45, and if definitely if you're 50 or up and you've never had one, talk to your doctor about it. Um, And then if you see studies like this, look into it. I tried to find out who funded the study, but I couldn't I couldn't decipher that. Uh, okay, so colonoscopy is one option and they consider that the gold standard, but you also have things like Cologuard. You've seen the ads on TV for that. Yeah, a little white box with the blue outline. That's the one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say for example that there's no way you're going to agree to get a, a colonoscopy because mm-hmm. you just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. For whatever re- the reason is. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to do that, then at least do the Cologuard. And Cologuard, or there may be other um, brands, I don't know, but talk to your doctor about what what are the options for you. And basically all you do is take a little bit of stool, you put it in this test tube, and you send it off to the lab. And then they look for blood, they also look for DNA. DNA that is like extracted from colon cancer. And if they find blood, and sometimes they do have false positives because they might find blood from a hemorrhoid or something like that that's yeah. not trying to kill you, yeah. it's just trying to annoy you, uh, th- then you would have a colonoscopy to rule out cancer, mm-hmm. and then you'd be good. Um, the one caveat, I did not know this, is that if you get the Cologuard test first, and then you need to get a colonoscopy, that colonoscopy is considered diagnostic, not screening. And that's a different way to bill you. So yeah. you may have to pay more. Right. So check with your insurance if that's a concern of yours. Yeah. If that's not a concern of yours, then don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. But if you're concerned with cost of colon cancer screening, just know that, you know, insurance. Yeah. I'm just, I'll just add because I'm thinking, you know, why, if you do do the box choice, mm-hmm. the, poop in the box okay if you do that and then you find out oh well you've you've you need a colonoscopy anyway i mean all that trouble but also it doesn't find polyps we know that and the the benefit of of uh having the colonoscopy is that they can see the polyps as we've already established and then they can remove it right away and the good thing is is that it it takes about 10 to 15 years for those right. polyps to develop into um, full-blown co- cancer. Yeah. So there's, I just see it as so many advantages of actually doing the colonoscopy. I get it that yeah. the personal choice and, you know, it is, but you you have no idea what's going on when you get it done. That's another 
benefit? I think there's so many benefits to a colonoscopy. One is you don't have to cook for a couple days, right? That's a benefit. <laughs> there's no dishes to do. Done well, so. It depends. Well, I'm not cooking for somebody else. If I'm, if I have to drink all this liquid, you think I'm going to cook for my muffin? <laughs> no, <laughs> be like, oh, go gosh. out to eat. Yeah. Uh, but I do, I like I can relate to people who are like, no, I, I, I just don't want to get it mm-hmm. for whatever the reason. If it's fear of maybe a puncture of the bowel, yeah. or if it's maybe they knew somebody who had a botched colonoscopy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The best colon cancer screening for you is going to be the one that you're going to actually do. Mm-hmm. So if if you're yeah, not going to do a colonoscopy, don't worry about it. Just get the other one. But talk to your doctor about colon cancer. Just, just for your own sake, mm-hmm. you know, and for your family's sake too. Because as we know with cancer, if you get cancer, your family's going on that journey with you, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Uh, No. I think we've covered quite a lot. We did. Yes. All right. Oh, wait, though. I just just pulled something up here. What is it? It says uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Many studies have found that people who regularly take aspirin or other non-steroidal, you know, the NASA, whatever they say, such as ibuprofen, uh-oh, have a lower, oh, good, a lower <laughs> risk of colorectal cancer. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm well, always getting after Kenny for taking so much ibuprofen. Talk to your doctor about it. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, you would still need to have a screening. You know, it's it's not a screen. It's not a, well, yeah. a way to screen for cancer, but they may have done a study that shows that those people have a, a lower risk factor. Yeah. Well, actually, I scrolled down some more and read more about the the non-steroidal stuff. And there's the other things that are not good. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's always something. Well, let's talk about our inspirational clothes. Mm-hmm. And that is what we do every time we do an episode. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 to 20. It says this. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. There you go. And it's more than just doing the cancer screening. I mean, I feel conviction myself to do make the best choice that I possibly can make mm-hmm. for stuff I put in my body and for the way in which I move, mm-hmm. you know, and even... Just taking good care of myself, taking good care of my mental health, taking good care of my sleep, making sure that I'm not stressed to the max, all those kinds of things. Yes. All right. Call to action. What what say you, Catherine? Get your screening. Get your screening. (laughs) Talk to your doctor. Yep. And please know that we're not doctors. I don't know if you've noticed that. (laughs) (laughs) We're just average women. No, but we have, we have common sense we have common sense a little bit of understanding of what works and doesn't work yeah and we're moms and you know we've been there done that but we have doctors and that's why we go to the doctor that's right go to the doctor oh i gotta get this oh go ahead all right well you've been listening to the life happens laugh anyway podcast i'm comedian tracy degraff and i'm Catherine. we'll see you next time bye-bye